Hello, my fans, friends. Welcome to the Rich Terring podcast feed, powered by ACAS Plus. Thanks to everyone who's come to see the Can I Have My Ball Back tour so far. It's been going really well. I've got a four-star review in The Standard, four-star review in The Telegraph, who once called me the worst comedy experience of the year, so that's a turnaround. Uh, people have been coming, people have really been enjoying it, and it's getting better and better. The only gigs this week are both in Pocklington, the town I was born in, near York. Uh, there's a couple of tickets left for the evening show and a few more tickets left for the matinee, I think about 4.30. But love to see you there, Yorkshire. Pop along, check richardherring.com slash ballback slash tour or richardherring.com slash gigs to see if I'm coming near to you. There are tickets left for nearly every show in the tour. I think Norwich has sold out. Uh, and a couple of gigs in London could do with your support as well. Anyway, please listen to the podcast. Do spread the news about the podcast to your friends. Listen as much as you can. Numbers are slightly down, which may affect the future of this podcast. So just leave it playing, even if you're not in the room. Love you. <laughs> now sit back, relax, and enjoy whatever it is you're going to listen to. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Assembly Rooms Ballroom. The Duke of Edinburgh is dead. The King of Edinburgh is mostly alive. Most of him still alive. He's a little bit not alive anymore. Will you please welcome Richard Herring? Hooray! It's Edinburgh. We're back. Oh, my goodness. Thank you very much. Thank you for coming, everyone. Welcome to the show. Um, this is my, uh, uh, tw- my 26 Edinburgh Fringe. Now we're starting t- today. Yeah, people... <laughs> you weren't even alive 26 years ago. Were you mad? Uh, my, it's, it's, it's 35 years since I first did. You were alive 35 years ago. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's my 43rd show, so welcome along to Richard Herring's Lothian Scottish Thistle Podcast. Very hey, hello. Yes, very Scottish. It's a Scotch. I've been here for at least twenty-six fringes, right? I've I've lived in the Edinburgh Fringe for over two years, so I am more Scotch than any. If I see a two-year-old child, I say I'm more Scotch than you, even if they're dressed in tartan. We're starting well. Um, uh, though I was uh, I was talking to um, the uh, lionesses, the English lionesses, the other day. Hurrah, everyone in Scotland, cheer for! Oh, that's weird. Oh no, there's some. Oh, there is some support. There's a lot of English people in Edinburgh. Let's face it, uh, they're barely Scottish here in, in Edinburgh. <laughs> they call it Rahalastapas. I don't know if that's going to. Don't know if that's going to catch on. Um, yeah. So look, it's it's uh, it's exciting to be here in the ballroom. Bit insensitive to put me in the ballroom, and after the. <laughs> Last couple of years, 
Yeah, you're going in the ballroom, Mitch. Well done. Thanks a lot. Um, and Liam's here. How are you doing, Liam? Are you all right? Yeah. Did you come to every show last time? You missed one. Yeah. I think it's a bit sad. Are you, are you coming to every show this, this time? Uh, half of it. It's, it's, uh, that's, yeah. Can you still just buy tickets to the ones you're not coming to? That's good. It's good to see Liam David's here. Hello. I mean, I know most of the audience. The thing is, quite a lot of my audience died during COVID because they're quite old, so it's, that's why it's not, it's not quite full, but it would have been full any other time. Uh, I'm, no, I'm very excited to be back. Uh, it's lovely to be here. Look, we're gonna, I think we'll crack straight on because, uh, you know, I can't write... 12 days of stand-up. It's too much to ask. <laughs> too, too much to ask. I'll tell, I'll tell you, my, my son, my four-year-old son, has a joke that he, he doesn't understand himself, but it makes him very... It really is much funnier if it's delivered by a four-year-old who doesn't understand it, but is still delighted when it gets a laugh. And it's funny coming from a four-year-old. His joke is, why do squirrels swim on their backs to keep their nuts dry? <laughs> but you have to imagine a four-year-old doing it who doesn't understand what nuts are. Again, insensitive. I, I, I find it insensitive from my from my son <laughs> to do that. Uh, look, we're going to crack straight on. My first guest of this edit, we've saved the best till first. I honestly think this is going to be a classic uh, Um Not very good, thank you. And you're wearing a t-shirt as well, so well done. Uh, she is probably best known for her appearance on Dinner Date. Will you please welcome the amazing Harriet Dyer, ladies and gentlemen. It is Harriet Dyer. Don't trip over. Come on in. Sit there. Sit there. Sit down. Welcome. There's some, there's some water for you there, and you get to keep the mug, Harriet. That is a, oh, brilliant. I was a guest on Rahalaspa, so don't forget it at the end. Don't take my one. No. That says I, I am the host of Rahalaspa. Only, only I'm allowed that one. Um, so welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, tell us about dinner date. So you did a few before you were a, a comedian, or as you were starting being a comedian, you did a few. Yeah reality shows well I was incredibly lonely so <laughs> I I thought well I don't know why I did it really um and I was terrible at it and I he was really ill <laughs> like I I didn't cook my chicken properly well what happened was so when he when he arrived well there was a, a multiple of, of issues really um uh, uh, uh so when I arrived the the camera people told me that he'd already slept with the first lady well not the first official, the, uh, no, the um, because there's three, there's th- three people, and then the first one, and she really liked him as well. Uh, anyway, so but <laughs> I, I didn't, so. but it wasn't a spite poison, you know. I didn't, <laughs> it was so. And then first of all, so he said, "Oh, I didn't know we were having bread rolls," and I was like, "They're my fish cakes. They were just <laughs> really massive. Uh, they were my mum's recipe of sardines, uh, and, and but they were called Queen of the Sea fish cakes. And then he was mocking me because they were sardines, but uh, they, they were a family." recipe anyway so then the the uh it was all very uh i was very anxious about the whole thing and it was all quite nerve-wracking and then i so what had happened was i'd accidentally when i'd cooked my fish cakes i must have left i must have turned the oven off but then the heat from the oven and the fish cakes made the outside of the chicken look like it was cooked but it wasn't, and and he was bum weeing yeah. the, the next day. He was supposed to choose his final date, but he but he was seriously ill. 
<laughs> and that was my fault, yeah. Did he choose you after that? Of course not. No. He, cho- he chose this guy. Do you know what he said as well? He goes, I couldn't live with that. <laughs> yeah, and then did an impression of me. Uh, that was like... Rah, rah, rah. Uh, and then um, uh, he chose a woman that got a snake out in right. the middle of dinner. And that was... So he chose her. Was, he, was she the one he... He, he, he slept chose. With? Did he slept, did he slept no. With? So he slept with one. Yeah. Then got sick with you, then had a snake and thought, I'm going for the third one. It's like Craig, Craig David. He had a, it's like when they're on Monday, they had a snake on Tuesday, then had the shits on Wednesday. Fabulous. Well, uh, look, Harriet, there is, uh, there's a lot to talk to you about. I've read your book, which is called Bipolar Comedian. You were bipolar before it became trendy. Yes, I was, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it doesn't really distinguish you from all the other comedians in the world now. This the, the, the book. Uh, well, I lo- what I love about this book is that you, you've self-published this book, and it's very much written in the style of Harriet Dyer. I think so. It's, it's nobody's come in and said, "No, we need you to. We're going to take out a bit of this Cornish vernacular. Uh, we're going to tidy. We're going to not have you libeling people and being offensive about people." So it's it's well. We can get it from Amazon, right? And, uh, yeah. And if you strongly disagree with Amazon, you can just get in touch with me and I will give you one from Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, I, I, I enjoyed it very much. I've read it very quickly in the end. and it's, I didn't think I was going to finish it, but I finished it this morning. It's very, it's very exciting. But it's, well, it, you know, I think with a, as, as with a lot of comedians, well, you're different than a lot of comedians in that I think you're not, uh, you know, you haven't kind of gone through that sort of middle class... Well, you were a student, but you, you know, yeah, it hasn't come through the same sort of student channels necessarily. And it's, it's, you don't often get people who, uh, you know, come from a more working-class, authentic background getting to write a book, right? I think, which I, I was saying backstage, like, Limmy did it, I think, and it's a fantastic book. And Cunt and the Gang, uh, he's <laughs> written a fantastic book. But most, but most com- comedians' books are quite similar. Uh, and this is, you know, it shows shows a life uh, that I don't think usually gets recorded in books, right? Which is not, not all very happy either, right? A lot of it's... In fact, there's, you know, it is a funny... There's lots of funny stuff in it, but it's also about mental illness, rape, suicide, self-harm, uh, death, uh, and being born in Kingston-upon-Thames, which was the most shocking thing for... Uh, out of all the things that happened in the book, I can't believe that you were born in Kingston-upon-Thames. <laughs> Because you've sort of created, the, you know, you're, you're, you're very much a Cornish woman. Yeah, yeah. Because you moved to Cornwall when you were how old? Like four. Yeah, so you're young. Yeah. So, so I, I was born in Yorkshire and moved out of Yorkshire when I was four as well. So it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, you do, and I, I, I grew up in Somerset, so I have a lot of, although Cornwall, even to someone in Somerset, Cornwall is a far and distant land full of very strange people. <laughs> <laughs> At least I understand a bit more because I'm from Somerset, which is close. Um, what, what, what made you want to write the book? And, uh, and, and what, it's the honesty of it, I think, is just uh, the most exciting thing about it. Um, well, because I love reading autobiography. So yeah. I, read, I, would, I read every single night before bed. Um, I, well, I genuinely believe it. Like, if I don't, I, I feel... Uh, I feel, like, weary. Uh, the next day, I don't feel ready. I, I just think... I think there's some science behind it, possibly, that if you read before bed, it's... 
makes you good. That's <laughs> <laughs> the science. Um, and um, so I read a lot of autobiographies. I love being inspired by people that have, well, like what you were saying, the, the people that have been through stuff, uh, and I, I feel like, oh, brilliant. I find it inspiring. So, uh, so after reading a lot of autobiographies, I thought, oh, well, well, I think I've got as much to say. So then I... So then, and the whole self-published thing was no one else wanted it, so that's why I did it myself. Um, and uh, so I just, so I'd been trying to get it, get all, get write it all down since like 2018. But um, during lockdown, I, did, I had time, didn't I? Yeah. So I, yeah, properly got it all down. But it, but it dredged up a, a lot. There was so much stuff because there was even. Even there was like a little bit of abuse before the abuse that I never even knew was abuse until I was, because it's just like, you know, when you, you know, it's just weird shit the kids do. So, uh, but then when, but then I was like, oh God, there's so much more terrible stuff that happened to me before. But it's weird when, when you say it all like that in a list, it's like, oh goodness. Well, but it, you know, it, <laughs> it, it, it is, but it, but it is shocking and it's, and it's very upsetting, but it, but it is also... There's a, there's a, I mean, I think some of the things that I'm due are uh, hopefully ex- not as common, but, but I think a lot of the... If you, if you just read it as a dating book, it's, <laughs> it's like, you know, it's the dates you've been on have been from uh-huh. pretty terrible to absolutely horrific, you know, the boyfriends <laughs> you've had and, and the things you've been through. Uh, and it, as, I think as a com- if you read it as a comedian's book, it's, sort of, it's a very honest portrayal of, 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 of starting up as a, as a, you know, a student and as an open spot and, and where you go from there. But again, I think that's what's interesting about the book. I think if it had been gone through a, a traditional publisher, they would have taken all the rough edges off and they would have changed it to something different. And I think that's what makes you work as a comedian as well, is your realisation that you had to be yourself right on stage rather than, yeah. rather than trying to conform to... And I think if this had been put through a publisher, you, it, would not be the, it wouldn't be the same book. And I think that would be a shame. So oh. everyone should read it. <laughs> I mean, you, you, there's a lot of it is you settling old scores with people, with your friends from Cornwall, which I just quite like. I just like the fact that I think everyone should get to write a book because if you could read the, their book, you go, oh, that's why they behave like that. <laughs> They'll read it and go, oh, that's why Harry, it was weird to be on that occasion. So it's quite good. Everyone should do it. But at the end of their lives... So we only work out just at the end why we're all dicks to each other. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, I, I do recommend it. It's fantastic. But it's um, uh, as a, as because I think that's there's a couple of interesting things as a stand up that you, that you talk about um, and uh, a couple of bits of advice. I think like realizing the bit the way you realize like there's a lot of stand ups in the open uh, mic circuit and I think beyond who are just sort of knockoffs of other comedians. Oh, yeah, we were saying that yeah. earlier, weren't we? Yeah. Because yeah. I, I was saying I didn't even realise that they were knockoffs from people until I saw the actual person that they were the knockoffs of. And then I was like, by Jove. <laughs> Which I learned that I always thought it was by George. <laughs> so I learned, that re- I learned that recently. I think you can have either. Well, I like that also that you learned. Um, you said you put. <laughs> you said you learned that you put your dad on a pedal pedal stool. Yes. And you only you only learnt in writing the book. Yes. The, the, yes. the autocorrect came up that it's better. I was like, what is wrong with this autocorrect? <laughs> I thought, oh, it must be on the American setting. <laughs> I like the idea of a pedal stool, though. I like yeah. putting someone on a pedal stool. A stool, what is it? A stool with a pedal that you can what, you can pump them up. <laughs> but is it, is it not a common? Does everyone not? I think I've... everyone knows it's pedestal. Oh. 
But what's the bottom of it? Someone recently I spoke to, though, they thought it was as well. Maybe I'll just surround myself with idiots. <laughs> <laughs> I like it took you to write a book to find out. That's, I think that's, that's quite... Well, look, no, it's... Talking of your daddy, you put on a pedestal. I mean, that's it's sort of right from the start. You're very lovely about your your, your mum, especially, but and your your dad really. But your your dad t- turned out that he was he was gay, but really, and so hadn't been able to be honest about that. Yeah, because it was illegal. Yeah. Uh, so when he was born in the late forties, it was illegal to be gay, and my dad. I mean, it's backwards at the best of times in Cornwall, let alone when you're gay and living on a farm. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so he, yeah, conformed and settled down and got married. And then my poor mum, she just, because she was, he, he was only her ever, ever her love. She was never with anyone else. Yeah. Although, did I say in the book, she was with, there was like this advertising campaign in the 70s, I think I did, of a man that was pregnant. Yeah. It was this advertising campaign. And it was when my mum was about to marry my dad the man that was in the advertising campaign as a pregnant man confessed his love to her he was like a diamond maker called ray that lived in london and then she and then she chose my dad so i think she often thought what if i what if i'd chosen that pregnant man who doubted <laughs> yeah. diamonds That's, that would have been better he could get pregnant save me having kids that would have been good and he had diamonds it was a it was a poor choice uh, but I mean, and, and then you know, you t- I mean, there's, uh, there's, there's, you had a, a, a horrific partner who tr- treated you incredibly uh, badly, and uh, but also you, you, you sort of nearly. I mean, this was one of your first routines, right? It was about nearly dying twice. Yeah. It? So you, so you went through. A, you went. You basically died on the operating table. You claim you saw yourself from. Well, because, well, so what happened was my, my appendix burst whilst I was in a nightclub and I didn't know and I thought, oh, well, I'll just dance off the pain. Um, and then, <laughs> that, that old chestnut. And then, um, uh, and, and then, well, yeah, so, so then, but it might be, so... So I was so when I went into hospital, um, I so I apparently died, and then I people go, oh, did you see light and all this business? But I, I didn't. But I, but it was quite light. But the hospital, I imagine, yeah, there was a light the on lights, there, yeah. yeah, the lights were on. I don't on. think it's just a light. I don't think you know, I saw, I've seen a light there. I'm yeah, not, yeah. I don't think I can claim that I've had a no. spiritual experience. But I remember looking down and seeing the surgeons, but then like tinkering away on me but then uh, a friend of mine said well maybe there were mirrors on the ceiling but I think <laughs> but then surely unless it was in Hugh Hefner's bedroom <laughs> there, do, there doesn't tend to be mirrors on the ceiling in the some hospital some surgeons might get turned on by that like, like yeah. to, <laughs> somebody might like to know, they might be scared of blood but they can look at blood on a, in a mirror <laughs> <laughs> but you'd be yeah cause you, <laughs> it would be the wrong way around wouldn't it yeah. <laughs> Bloody hell. And then, and then what happened after you, you survived appendicitis? Yeah. I was then... reading this just I had to take my son to, uh, cas- to, to A&E because he had stomach pains. And I think I was reading the book and I think this is what spurred me on to say he didn't have appendicitis. But Did he have sharp twins? He just, had a, he just had a little bit of stomach pain there. But oh. I took him to A&E. And I wish... So I'm going to blame your book. I was in a, A&E for seven hours waiting for my son to get oh, sick. Oh, no. So thanks a lot. 
Wait a minute. Because I was going to die like you nearly did. Wait, but oh, so because so you read about so you thought that would happen. Well, so. I just thought it, it, it was there was a couple of other things that maybe it wasn't just I'm reading Harriet Dyer's book. <laughs> Good. So what my son to turn like a let's, <laughs> <laughs> to the hospital, get, to the hospital however long it takes. But, you know, it was sort of it was weird. It was a weird coincidence that that was happening. But yeah, he did. But they didn't. They, I don't know what's wrong with him. He's still got stomach pains. Oh, yeah, yeah we'll be all right. Probably. I've got two kids. So. <laughs> <laughs> so to, he's, the, he's the spare. I think he'll be okay. Um, and so what then? Then what happened? I can't. The, oh, the I got second. pneumonia. Yes. Uh, in in the hospital, but uh, the, the, so so there was the, the Colonel doc in Cornwall came out to uh, and he said I was fine. So then the other doctor that used to be a vet came out and then he was like like a classic guy it was like well why are you touching that so then he was like get to hospital and then went then i was then i got sent home but couldn't breathe and then i remember watching couching tiger hidden dragon which is of no relevance but i remember (laughs) i remember watching it and it was very long whilst not being able to breathe which made it seem longer uh, and then the and then the, the vet doctor came back out and he was like i think she's got pneumonia so then i went back in and then the, the lady the doctor came out. No, no, just that. And everyone just let that pass. Everyone's just saying, yeah, we'll go. Yep. Okay. Yep. But then the nurse didn't have her glasses on, so then she didn't plug me into the um, <laughs> the um, uh, the, uh, the the life support thing, uh, the ventilator. Ventilator. I always want to say incubator. <laughs> That's where. Imagine you're going to get your baby. Yeah, and that's me. <laughs> it might have been where the, the vet was keeping his chickens and hatching yes. his chickens. <laughs> Let's move a chicken aside. <laughs> so then sh- I died again. You died again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how did they get you back alive again? Well, I don't know really. Yeah, Other, you, maybe they jumped me. Okay. Uh, and then... Um, it would be nice if they told you after this, wouldn't it? If they... Do you know, the what? thing about that was, yeah. they didn't tell me until I was friends with this girl. Oh, I didn't mention this in the book, actually. Uh, this girl that I, I accidentally got a man kidnapped. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, but through this woman, anyway. So, but her mum... didn't mention that in the book. Well, no. there's, there's, like, there's things in this book where you go <laughs> aside and there's a paragraph and you go... Other people had written a whole book about that paragraph. <laughs> this is just something. Well, because I wanted it to yeah. sort of flow. So yeah. there was some stuff that, yeah. <laughs> yeah but but this woman that, uh, this woman that, well, she was a girl when I knew her, but she, um, so she had connections with the Cornish Mafia, anyway. So she, which I didn't know were a thing, but her mum was a surgeon. So her mum, her mum actually told her to be careful because I'd go out on the piss with her and do drugs and stuff and her mum her mum was like you need to stop doing that with her because she bloody died twice in hospital so it was only through her that I knew I did (laughs) (laughs) yeah the doctors didn't tell my mother or anything which you would have thought they would have mentioned (laughs) you'd think they would maybe they were embarrassed that you died twice thinking we can't die once that's happened to anyone twice we better not say anything oh yeah that's true we might not be allowed to be doctors anymore Oh yeah, that would have been it. Because as well, one of the nurses, she used to take me on the balcony and smoke. I used to smoke weed with her when I had pneumonia. (laughs) (laughs) It's another country, isn't it, Cornwall? I mean, you know, it's another world. (laughs) I think it is because people always think think of it as holiday homes and a lot of money, but I don't think it. I don't see that side of it. It's a it's a fascinating. I haven't been there very much. I I, it's such a, a. 
brilliant place and such a different place. And there's so few places in the United Kingdom you go to uh, that are like noticeably different. Yeah. And the people are very different. And these these sort of the stories in the book are you know are, 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 are full. I mean, so much has happened to you that you got knocked out by a seagull. <laughs> I bloody did, yeah. You know, there's, there's, there's a light side to this, but that's one of the lighter stories, being hit, <laughs> hit in the face by a seagull. <laughs> Have you done anything to it? A lot, because you've got dyspraxia, okay, so you, which means, obviously, there's quite yeah. a lot of accidents happen to you, but that being hit in the face by a seagull is, can't be put down to dyspraxia. Well, I must say, I haven't been diagnosed with dyspraxia. Oh, no, 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 it's just everyone. Well, my driving instructor was the first person <laughs> that told me that he thinks I've got dyspraxia because I had to look at my feet when I was moving the pedals. Okay. But, you know, you need to look ahead, really. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it was him, and then, because I was saying it at a gig... Also, that was the reason, I totally forgot... The, uh, the other Harriet on the circuit has a whole bit in a stand-up about dyspraxia, so I was like, well, that's her thing, isn't it, really? <laughs> so that's why I, yeah, I thought uh, I'll um, yeah, leave her to it. But then, um, so once at a gig, I was saying that everyone thinks I've got dyspraxia, and then this man in the audience was, came up to me afterwards. He was like, um, oh, my daughter's got dyspraxia. And I said, oh, can I stop there? Because I don't want you to think I'm you know, doing it a disservice by say, because I haven't been diagnosed. And he was like, can I stop you there? You've absolutely absolutely got it and then yeah and then I stood back in shock knocked into a speaker and then on the floor because I've always got a really runny nose so there was I thought there was a t- I've dropped I thought I dropped my tissue so I went to pick it up and then realized it was someone's used wet wipe and then it was like Ugh, and then threw it in the poor man's face so then, like as a like a reflex so the poor man had you know wanted to talk to me about his daughter and I ended up almost squashing him with the speaker and then flinging a used <laughs> wet wipe in his face the poor man why did I tell you why did I sorry I don't know even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags and so much more plus Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, but, so, but I think, you know, by, by comedy's like a, a great place to discuss this stuff. It's also, it feels like you found... The whole book is about you trying to find your place in the world, right? And, and, and it's sort of so tragic because you go through 
all these awful relationships and, and where you're just trying to fit in and, and guys are, are using you and being unpleasant to you and much worse than that as well. But, but it feels like when you finally found comedy and, f- and found your place in it that you've, that, you've, that you've found a good place for yourself. Is that, which, so it's, a, it's, a, it's a great story in that sense. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, because I didn't even know. Because a lot of people, well, like what you were saying earlier, a lot of people have watched certain comedians all their lives um, and that's what's inspired them. Whereas I, I didn't really watch a lot of comedy. Well, I was too busy dying twice and <laughs> getting hit, hit in the head. With, see, that was yeah, what that the was question it. was about dyspraxia. Yeah. Um, I was looking for my friend Batty on the beach with a can of scrum. Uh, and that's when the seagull. I must. I don't know why actually. I must have um, smelt delicious. <laughs> <laughs> the apple, the, the apple, the fizzy apple. Sorry, I'm doing like you know that old uh, two Ronnie's sketch where someone answers the previous, <laughs> the okay. previous question. Okay. I'll just ask the questions. You answer them whenever you like. That's, yeah, that's sorry. You can come back tomorrow if you want. Sorry. What was what was the question? What was what do I need? What was the one the next the question that I actually asked? <laughs> yeah. um, it was just about. I mean, I think. Well, it's, it's really good that what's great about this book is talking about these these issues. I think in all the for, for everything, for both about the, the mental issues, but also about how how the comedy business is for yeah. you, and and you know, and how dating is for for people. Because I think a lot of people would, you know, don't don't live that life, but it's obviously a life that 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 is. Is the experience for many, many people, right? That, that there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of, you, you've got, you know, you've had a lot of loser, horrible men yeah. taking advantage of your, uh, you know, fairly naive, sweet and maybe a little bit naive nature. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I, well, this is what I, I'm saying in my in my show as well because my parent, well, so I didn't obviously I didn't know my dad was gay, so I thought they had this wonderful relationship. So then I was desperate for like companionship and that from a really young age, and just wanted to find someone, yeah. um, which is weird for a child, isn't it? For like <laughs> I would ask people out, and I always thought it was because they'd always turn me down because I I didn't look like what a girl looked like at that time. But now I think. Well, just because they didn't want long-term relationships at the age of five, <laughs> that would have been would have been it. So I, um, yeah, so sort of, yeah, bumbled along trying to find someone, and ju- yeah, just. But I think I think some of it has to be down to me for just picking terrible people and not A being, bit, but, yeah, uh, but yeah, you know, because you're, tr- you're you know, you're, but you're trying to find your place, and it's the people that you're presented with, and you, yeah, you've made some really bad choices, but <laughs> equally. The, the, it's not that's it's, you know it's not your fault I don't think I think yeah. it's the fault of the the terrible people that you <laughs> you interacted with and some some of them well meaning and just terrible yeah and some of them not well meaning and terrible so well some someone said that it should just be called the book of really shit men which <laughs> is, is <laughs> I don't think that's quite as catchy <laughs> but it's but it's I think it's good to I mean for you as well as the audience it's good you've obviously done this you do this uh, night which I don't know if you still do post COVID uh, with the um, uh, about the barking tales. Yeah, so uh, when I now do it in a, um, I've got my own plate. Well, I've got this plate. It's a, it's a wonderful building. It, it used to be a, uh, a um, it's a listed building, and it, and the guy that runs it rents out. So, 
there's different rooms with different things. I think there's a man that lives in the building that shouldn't live in the building, but everyone, because there was an, an email saying they think someone lives in the building, and then everyone was just started being weird with me. So everyone just assumed out of everyone in the building that I would be the person that is secretly living in the building, which is very upsetting. But it used to be a, a drama school where Saran Jones and Jane Horrocks went right. in Manchester. This, I mean, it doesn't look fancy now definitely not but the um so what happened was i so a lot of people that come to my mental health comedy night um are autistic and sensitive to noise and that and the venue oh dear the venues i was at before it was admittedly a combination of the venues and my technical skills that were often like blowing a speaker out or just terror and the poor i was bringing these poor people into you know a safe space and then they like blooming 11 from stranger things with their ears bleeding um, well no that was a bit dramatic but um and so i wanted to go somewhere else after lockdown and then there was this other place that was like a, a mental health place but I thought it was well I mean I shouldn't well I'm not going to say who it is but they that it was more it was encouraging people that have mental health problems but it was more like because it's trendy rather than because it, it was like we got sad once at university like <laughs> get back to me when you're blooming you know rubbing speed in your eyes and trying to hang yourself so I am um, uh, <laughs> so I not that that is the um, the bar uh, <laughs> <laughs> in fact, if you yeah, want to be in Barking Tales, you have to try that. <laughs> yeah, if exactly. You haven't done that, sorry. So, so then I moved it. So I was going to have this place in as an office because oh, my partner's four children moved in but, uh, at the beginning of lockdown, and they are feral. So and we had no space. So I was going to have an office, and then uh, the guy was like, "Oh, we'll show you a bigger space." And I was like, "Well, I don't need to see a bigger space." So then he showed me the bigger space, and I was like, "Oh, well, I could have my barking tails in this." But then the guy is a shyster, and he um, he was. I didn't even ask if I'm allowed to swear, but I am. Oh, good. Well, that's good, isn't it? Because otherwise, yeah. I've, I've mucked it up. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I then think shyster would be okay. Well, anyway. yeah, that was. I'd have, I'd have let yeah. You. I think they've got to be over 14 to cut to be in here. Let's oh. see that lady in the second row is still, not me. Not, not, <laughs> not me. Um, yeah, and but you, yeah, say motherfucker if you want. I don't oh, know. okay. Well, no, it doesn't, well, maybe if it, it sees, if, it, if it feels right. If I'm it feels right, say it. Yeah. No, just don't, don't make me force you to say motherfucker, please. No. no. That's not what this podcast is about. No. <laughs> the, just the, say it once for me. No, <laughs> <laughs> but the man that owned the building so the the people above me in the building were uh, it turned out they were growing illegally growing weed and then the there was a raid and then the but the electric bill was massive because of the <laughs> hydroponics so then the landlord was like well i'm not gonna um i'm not paying this because it's a ridiculously ridiculous energy bill so he didn't tell anyone what he was doing well because it was illegal so he and it up the council came around one day and they shut us down and uh, because he'd been illegally siphoning electricity from the grid so then so then i was running it why have i told you oh because so this is where barking tails is now uh and i was running it from a generator uh, and then, but then I almost blew myself up with the building because you know you've got to fill it with diesel, right? For two. Yeah, I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't. If I was you, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have done that. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> if you can't, if you don't know which is your left foot and your right foot when you're driving. Well, exactly. Don't start filling it. No, generator. exactly. <laughs> but then it's. But do you know what though? It's it, it's a. 
I think it's, it, is it a metaphor that it's such a chaotic building? It fits yeah. it perfect. It's the right place for this. But so it's a place where people, performers and the audience, can yeah. come and discuss, you know. I mean, I think that's where, I mean, just think comedy has this power where, and, and I think this is something you talk about in the book, where, it's, where things that we can't talk about and where someone who's, you know, someone who's got a, got a life that's, as unusual as yours and as chaotic as yours, often people would, might be dismissive or scared of you or, you know, and to, for a place to... I don't know why they'd be scared of you, Harry. Yeah, but, you, but, no, but people are people are suspicious of things they don't understand. Yeah. So, and I think the, the, relate, you know, the relationship you've had with some of the people or friends who have uh, found it difficult, you know, I think it's, it's because people don't talk about those subjects. So the minute you write about it or talk about it or do comedy about it, it all makes sense and... and that sort of veil falls away from it, which is what you're sort of trying to do, isn't it? Oh, yeah, because the, the people that come... Because I always thought it would just be the comedians would talk about their mental health um, issues and try and like, make comedy out of it. I didn't really think of the audience, and then it turns out that they... Well, it turns out that they're a lot more interesting than the comedians half the time, <laughs> the people that come, and um, and a lot of them, it's their only social event, and the one girl, she's, she makes my life look absolutely boring. She, she was, like, trafficked, and then all the... Yeah, she's had a quite the life and she's got um she well i don't think it's to do with the trafficking but she's got a no this will be the tourettes it's the tourettes that (laughs) (laughs) she she's got this tick and then uh so i i do uh i I say to the comedians that are performing there i was like oh if if a woman starts shouting about kittens uh don't be alarmed it's it's a tick and then she emailed me once before one of the because because she runs it with me now um and then she emailed me once before one of the shows to say uh i think i should let you know over the weekend, I've developed a new tick, which is a sarcastic laugh. <laughs> <laughs> so she's been in a lot of my audiences. Just runs around. <laughs> <laughs> so then I answered. So then I emailed the actor. I said, "Do not be alarmed if there's a ha <laughs> in the." Well, I didn't put that into words. <laughs> Yes. So, tell, well, well, I remember. Tell us about your show that you're doing, where it is, and what and what the, the show. So it's called Trigger Warning, right? Yeah. So it's um, so it's four twenty every day at the um, the Gilded Balloon Patter, who's the one that used to be the sea venues, um, uh, on near the museum. And uh, is it near the museum or on the chambers? Uh, you know where I mean. Well, do you? Well, there it is. And um, uh, and it's well. So it's gonna sound depressing, but it's re- it's a funny show. It is funny. So it's basically about (laughs) it's about all the abuse really and uh, how it all started via a paper round Um, so it's like this story about uh, the paper round but it's very funny because on the paper round there was these pro skateboarding twins funny in itself (laughs) Um, so maybe not Um, and uh, so it's it's and it's trigger well I can't tell you why it's called trigger warning because that's the that's the show really okay but, but do I tell? But shall I just tell you? No, no, oh. don't, don't let them come and see it. But okay. you, I think that you know you've. I think that all, what the book shows is you know your early experience of stand up. Maybe you're trying to you tried different things, and people would tell. A lot of male comedians would yeah. tell you how to be a comedian, and you'd and you would believe them and try, yeah. and try try things out. But what it worked when you realised you know you, comedy is about being yourself and not being one of these. Not copying anyone else. Yeah. I think it takes a little longer, right, when you, because you're so much yourself and, you know, you are very much a, a, an individual person and, and, and have a very different experience to lots of people, I guess. Um, but by embracing that and being who you are, you're creating this 
fantastic comedy because I think, you know, I, I'm always interested in the, in the connection between comedy and mental illness anyway because I think a lot of comedy is about treading the line between those two things because it, being, you know, it's about being crazy and it? it's about having crazy ideas and out there yeah. ideas. So if you're having those ideas anyway, which I think most of us do to some extent, um, then that can, f- can fuel comedy. But, it's, but I think by you deciding to ignore all those people and realising, you know, that you had to be yourself and do what you wanted, that was sort of the, the epiphany, really, in terms of performance. Oh, yeah, but, but, well, because then as well, it was fantastic because I, I thought, wow, I've got all this... Because when I was younger, I... Uh, and, oh, I didn't finish that sentence. When I was... Well, I still aren't. Uh, when, I was, <laughs> when I was younger, I was like, oh, why does everything always happen to me? It's always tragic. Whereas when I realised to just be myself in comedy, I thought, that is a plethora of experience, yeah. often harrowing. <laughs> so I've got to, you know, um, sieve through that. Um, and uh, uh, there's there's loads. What, yeah. but, but you know, but it's the, and the positive finding the this book being positive, and I'm guessing the show, as you're saying, it's about terrible things, but it's a funny show. Yeah, it's finding the positive in that stuff and using your experiences to help other people as well. Because I think if you read this book as a, I think that's what I mean. Or it feels like four or five books, and I think you could probably write four <laughs> or five books. Because if you were an aspiring comedian, you could read this, especially if you're an aspiring female comedian, you could read this and go, oh, right, like, I don't have to take any of this, this kind of shit. And if you were going on dates with people, you could read and go, oh, okay, so it's not wrong just to tell people to fuck off if, yeah. they're, if they're disrespecting you, you know. So it's, it's, it, there's a lot of lessons to learn from that. But I think it's, it's also very, it's very, you know, it's, there's lots of funny stuff. And your act is, uh, it's great, you know. So I, haven't, I haven't seen, like, you do... Uh, Full, full show yet, but the, the stuff I've seen is... It reminds me a little bit of Harry Hill, because you would have these little things you throw in. You throw <laughs> in little songs or little bits and pieces. But apart from that, it's, you know, it's, it's so... You do, you do a routine about um, the, the, sound, the, the theme of the... Theme tune of the bill, <laughs> which is just a great thing to pick on, like now. But <laughs> I mean, also something that people wouldn't have spotted about the, the theme tune from the bill, which you have to see to, to get what the joke is. But it's but it's absolutely fantastic. So um, look, let me ask you some emergency questions because we're when we're out and about in the country, when we're in London, we don't have to do this, but around the country, people expect emergency questions. I, why don't? Why is that? I don't know. No, I'm joking. I was, oh. try, I was oh, just sorry. trying. To be, I was just trying to be rude to the audience. They love me in London. Uh. As well. I just, I'm just trying to pretend there's something. Uh, I'll ask you one that I know you have an answer to. You might have more than one answer to you, though. Have you ever seen a ghost, Harriet? Oh, yeah. do you know what? what? No. Well, no, I haven't. Have, but... You say you have in the book. Well, no, but that's me. But the, that's the. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Oh, so that's like my spirit, isn't it? Yeah. Is that does that count? Yeah. Anything. I mean, I you know. Come well, on. well, if, we if think... you haven't seen a ghost, who the fuck has seen well, a ghost? True. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm thinking at the minute that yeah. my dead mother is is in the kettle in where I'm staying okay, in yeah. in Musselburgh. That's the kind of thing. That's the kind of thing. Because <laughs> what she does is, is the kettle criticizing you. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, she. She was lovely. She was a bitch. She loved a cup of tea. Yeah. Clue one. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and we, we've just been chatting away, like, in the kitchen. And then, because uh, it's like a sort of student uh, uh, set up. And then, um, uh, well, often other people chat away in kitchens, yeah. as it happens. Uh, and, then, uh, and then the kettle will just 
un- just it will just come on. And even well, no, that's a lie. I was going to say even when you unplug it, that I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't lie. <laughs> but it just keeps. So, so I did unplug it before I left because I didn't trust it. Because I yeah. thought, goodness, imagine if I burnt the place down. I mean, if your mum's in there, like a oh, sort yeah. of, like a sort of, I'm imagining like a kind of kettle genie. That she might, you might get a, oh. if you can rub it, she might come out. But she'll look after the house, won't she? If she's she's in there, she's not going to. Yeah, burn. she's she's a lovely lady. Do you yeah. know what else I thought as well was because um, my mum was only ever with my dad, and then um, once I was I was doing the dishes, and uh, an advert came on the radio, and it was saying about these um, uh, these new little vibrators. Bear with me from uh, <laughs> Ann Summers. Uh, the uh, you know, uh, and uh, and they're called they're called the Viv, and I was like, that's my mum's name. Maybe <laughs> that's what she's come back as. Little vibrators, and then I like you know, like the battery's not included. Like I'll if someone annoys me, I'll go like that, and all these little vibrators will <laughs> will attack. It's what she would have wanted. It's what, it's what she, I think it's what she would have. How she would have wanted. It. She, so even when your dad left, your mum did, did, did. No, never. No. No, she. She. Well, so she, well, she, she did a Lonely Hearts, uh, you know, where they didn't even have pictures of that in the newspaper. And then this man turned up, well, because he was the man that replied to the thing. And he, uh, he had, do you remember that advert that used to be a, a dog with big eyebrows that, and it would go, got worms? And it was a dog. It was a dog. He looked like that dog. And he had <laughs> those big eyebrows. And he had like a pink capri shell suit uh, yeah. There was a shower suits were banned from this theme park in Cornwall because people were the, the yeah. But anyway, so he, <laughs> so him and my mum went on uh, went on a date, and it turned out he'd previously pumped my stomach because <laughs> he was a, he was a doctor. He wasn't just a he wasn't just a random man pumping my yeah. So that was so there wasn't a, obviously so wasn't that, that put it was going well but then yeah. once <laughs> yeah. once you realised you had that connection that that takes the romance yeah yeah so he, so she went on one date with that man that was a doctor that did that had the worms. doctor looked like a dog with worms <laughs> yeah. who pumped your stomach <laughs> yeah yeah you and have a very was... normal it's a very normal life that's the thing that's it's a very <laughs> uh, let me ask you another emergency question um, these are fun things. they are fun aren't they yeah. they are fun. They have good fun. Look, I'm going to ask you this. If, if you could go into a chrysalis like a caterpillar mm. and dissolve and come out as anything you wanted to come out of, what would you come out of the <gasps> chrysalis as? It can literally be anything. It can be you adapted or it can be something completely different. Yeah. Could I not just be a caterpillar? Well, you, can, well, you want to turn into a caterpillar in a chrysalis, not even a butterfly. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so they start so it's as you, a... It's you. It's like you're a caterpillar, but you're you. But you're going to in a big chrysalis, and you're going to. What happens in the caterpillar? I don't know if you know about caterpillar, the caterpillar lifestyle. Well, my life partner cycle. says I look like a caterpillar. Well, that's a lovely romantic thing to say. <laughs> I think it's because I'm quite long and got a rounded head. And uh, yeah, and a hundred legs. <laughs> that's a millipede. Yes, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's just it's, if you were you, if you were you instead mm. of a caterpillar, and there was a, a you could go into a chrysalis like a caterpillar does, and a caterpillar comes out as a butterfly, which is quite different. Okay. Oh, okay. So then that you, would you know, be that you, would be silly, wouldn't it? You can change. It'd be weird to change into a caterpillar, but then you would eventually change into a butterfly. So it'd be a way of being. But I'd always go back to being caterpillar. I guess if it was the <laughs> you might. Yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. <laughs> whether, a, would you always? Just, 
That would be, that'd be bad if you were a caterpillar that went into chrysalises and then just came out as a caterpillar every time. <laughs> yeah. And all your caterpillar friends would go, why didn't you become a bat butterfly like me? Oh, could be like a gnarled, a gnarled, an old gnarled, I feel like I'm saying gnarled, weird. Yeah. Uh, an old gnarled butterfly. Yeah, an old with, gnarled butterfly. With at the end of its wings have gnarled pigeon claws. <laughs> <laughs> or I could come back I, in my chrysalis. I could, I would turn into you, okay. and then I'd come here, and then they'd go, "Well, who is the real one?" And I'd be like, "Well, you tell me." <laughs> then I'd someone say, said "It's that. me." I'm sitting. No, nobody, nobody said. You what? No, Harry. <laughs> no one has said I'd turn into a butterfly with gnarled pigeon claws, <laughs> and then turn into you, and then sit here and ask people to say which is the real one. No, no one else has said that. No, so you know. <laughs> When someone else does say that, I'm going to end the podcast. That's what, the, minute, the minute that becomes the standard, I'll just retire that. Um, uh, what, which celebrity have you been uncoolest in the company of? Have you met many celebrities in your time? Um, ooh, uh, well, it, uh, well, I get, well, I guess I... Well, so when I first met, but then I think of her as a friend now. Did it, oh, that sounds cringe, doesn't it? Like, um, <laughs> uh, well, is it Sarah Millican? Sarah Millican. So yeah. what happened was, um, I had so I was doing a gig with her, and then I, my mum had not long died actually, but she wasn't in a kettle then. <laughs> uh, and uh, I was wearing a very long, she doesn't know this, but I was wearing a, a, a long, I'm not very good, so uh, we went, went for food before and then um, I think I've probably got IBS, but I can't be dealing with anything else. I mean, goodness. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, so I went, I smoked at the time and then I went outside for a cigarette and, uh, and then I just like farted loads because of the, the, yeah. the from the dinner. And then uh, what had happened was, uh, it, my long coat had captured the fart. Yeah. And then I went back in, just didn't... Why would anyone think that that had happened? Yeah. So then I just whipped my coat off, and it was like a, like a guff grenade. Yeah. So that happened. That is embarrassing. And, that, yeah. that, and also, I bet Sarah thought you'd done that on purpose. She thought she'd gone outside to do enough farts in her coat that she can come in and then just fill the room with them. It's quite a good trick. Yeah, but it did that. You know when people do the... (laughs) (laughs) Classic, that. But she has IBS as well, so she'd understand. Oh, so I should have... It was the best person to have done that to. She'd go, I understand. I've done that. She used to wear that big sort of flowy... The first time I ever saw her, I just saw her in a silhouette backstage and she she used to wear that big sort of... I don't know what you describe it, like, like one of those big skirts that's like a bell. So maybe that's why she wore a bell oh. skirt like that, so that she could just fart in it. Because there was a, a slurry going yeah. on behind. <laughs> just, behind. Get, if it literally hits the floor, <laughs> you can walk around, and then when you, get, when you get back to your room, you just let all the farts out. <laughs> and you like your own, don't you? It's okay. Yeah. But I've been doing one so bad that even I don't like them. <laughs> I find if you eat too much extra chewing gum... Oh. Yeah. Get, get, not nice. Don't, don't oh, eat too... Oh, the brand. The bit, yeah. Not, I was not, not like, like some extra. Yeah, yeah, I was like, well, where, where does the amount stop and the extra, the extra begin? You know, <laughs> it's a good question. You're there yeah. with like Why did they call it extra? That's an interesting question. It's extra chewing gum. I don't need it. I've got some chewing gum already. <laughs> just have some extra, just in case. 
Worked on me, though. It's delicious chewing gum if you want to advertise on the podcast. Ian Extra, I will have it. Uh, tell us about... There's so, I mean, there's so much to talk to you about, Harriet. And the, and the book is absolutely fantastic. So do buy the book. And do go and see Trigger Warning. I know it will be awesome. Um, you, you were near... I mean, you were... You, this is a very interesting story about you being on nearly on Big Brother, but you basically <laughs> did Big Brother... But yeah. not televised. Yeah. I'm not to the extent that I'm not sure it actually was Big Brother. I think someone <laughs> might just locked you in a house. Made you do weird. With things. a man that pumped but, my stomach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how did that how did it come so you, you sort of well, applied for Big Brother? So I worked in the I worked in the ball ring at the time and there was this boy there was this uh, well young lad that was going for the auditions in the planetaria, the space the science museum uh, across the way. So uh, I, I, he was like, Oh, do you want to come with me? I said well, I'm not doing anything tomorrow. I'll come with you. And then, um, uh, and yeah, so I just went there and, and they said, I remember them saying, oh, uh, give three facts about yourself. And I, and I was like, oh, died twice. Yeah. Gay dad. And then, I, and then I was just like, I once ate 14 pasties, but that was a lie. <laughs> That one, <laughs> and then they loved it. So then, uh, so then I just sort of get, kept getting through the rounds, and because it was the last one on the on Channel f- uh, Four, uh, well, it was supposed to be the last one, but then they wanged it out on Channel Five, didn't they? Um, and then, um, so then I just sort of went was going along with it really, and uh, and then they do a trial house where you like a guinea pig to see if the see what the house is like, and um, so I went in with all these. It was awful. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> but you would near you nearly would if that had gone well you'd have been on the But on thank the, goodness I, yeah. I wasn't. And I and I say loads of weird stuff. I would have said something. Well I said something weird then and I got into trouble because this French guy, we won this task and then this French guy is relevant, I'm saying it's French. He uh, I went in the diary room to get the to get the winnings because we did this quiz and then he just took the wine off me and goes, oh, Well I'm having it because I'm French. What? Uh, and then, um, and he was just being absolutely obnoxious. So then I said, "Shut up, Pepe Le Pew," yeah. and that's racist. It's a isn't racial it? slur. Yeah, yeah. It's a racial is slur. it really? No. Oh, you can say what you like about the, you can say what you like about the French, <laughs> the Scotch. You can lay into the Scotch. That's all right. The French, is, that's it. But that's it now. Can't do the Irish. You can't do the Irish. Can't do the Irish. Just, that's it. French and Scotch. So I was worried. I was because they all kept going. Oh, you shouldn't have said that. <laughs> so I, I was like, I've got all the paranoia spiralled. Um, but th- yeah, thank goodness. But it's, I, I was sort of surprised to think they put you through that to get on. I thought they would choose people, but they actually are put. Was was anyone in that house you were with in the actual? Series? Yeah, and yeah. the uh, and that, well, it all made sense when it was the actual one because the lady that got in, she was from Bristol. So she was like, all right, there. So it must have been, we must have been competing. Okay, they put all the West Country ones in the house I think, to, find I, the, to find <laughs> See, now you're saying it like that. It doesn't make sense, does it? <laughs> it does. <laughs> does it? Well, it's the government, you know, they were, you said they were, say in the book they were making you eat dog food and stuff like that. Yeah, do you know what? That doesn't well. happen on the shows. That's not. Like, well, yeah, and you know, when, you know, if you look at, um, well, recently that poor Nikki that died, like, you look at, they're not. Um, the the te- I don't think I'm psychologically sound enough to have been and the well the, so I went in this really posh hotel with this man that was doing an assessment and then well he told me he was <laughs> and then and he I remember so it was so posh as well all the walls were glass right like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory in the second book and then 
And then, and then he had a, a packet of cigarettes, and then I remember he threw the packet of cigarettes against the wall and goes, that's your privacy. Is that all right with you? And I was like, I don't really know what's happening. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> like I just yeah. followed. It was also cloak and dagger. I just followed a woman with an umbrella down a street. Yeah. And then it was, like, it was like, it's series 10. No one gives a shit anymore. <laughs> what are you doing? So then, and that was the psychological assessment. Right. Just well, a man throwing sound, cigarettes. You know, it sort of sounds, when you see the whole story, it just feels, you know, Pretty dodgy. Again, for something that's gone for so long, especially, I suppose, in light of what's happened since with, with Love Island and people, you know, the, the sort of psychological effects of being but on I, Love Island. Oh, you I know, thought you were saying I was on Love no, Island. Would you like... go on Love Island? Because <laughs> 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 I've, I've got a test backstage. Yes, I have to come and it'll be... But I once, because me and Stu, very early on, like when the fir, probably the first six months we were in London... We kind of answered an advert. They were, they were making the new. That was the week that was. They were saying that was. The, you know, we want to get a group of people together. And we went to like a, a place in Shepherd's Bush where they had a table full of young writers. And then they made us write loads of stuff and come up with ideas. And then there was a second round, and we didn't get through the second round. And it just felt nothing. And that show never materialised. It just felt like they're just people going around, just putting yeah. people through, just getting kicks from putting through people through. Because also, we were obviously the best as well. And there's no way we were, we were really honestly, we were coming with loads of ideas, and we were really keen and got loads of good stuff. And then we didn't get through to the next round. We thought that's kind of weird because yeah. we sort of came up with so much stuff that they seemed happy with. So I don't know if they were just trying to harvest ideas and steal stuff. Yeah, but it maybe. seems like you know, for a show that that's established to put. To make the process that complex well, it, and put you in the house. You know, you were in the house, in the actual house, right? For, yeah, yeah. Before it started. Yeah, and the, but I remember once in reading, uh, 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 reading Heat magazine and there was uh, uh, a bird's eye view f- from the... Oh, wait a minute. It might have been the year that I was in the guinea... Because they said, oh, here's the guinea pigs. So it must be a... A um, like a a, th- a thing renowned that they must do it every yeah, year. Yeah. So it, so it must have definitely happened. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. You seem to be doubting it. I'm not. Well, doubt, I believed you. <laughs> it's not like you have to convince me. I'd be disappointed if everything in your books were made. I mean, I'd be quite Imagine. glad because I don't. I don't like the fact that you've had, that the life you've lived is not uh, is not uh, great in some ways. But uh, I'm glad that you're. I mean, you're, you're, you're at, I think it feels like you're at the other end of it and you're in a very yeah. happy relationship now and, yeah. uh, and being treated respectfully. And that's, that's the nice thing about the book is it, 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 you do get to this. And, and comedy is, you know, I, I, what I love about the comedy community, there's things that are bad about it, but it sort of is, you know, it's a place where anyone can find their, yeah. where they fit in. And it's, and, you know, and it is sort of hopefully welcoming to a, a great oh, yeah. variety of people. Even though, again, I think you, yeah, as you're... Those open spot years, you are sort of knocked back and forth by, you know, various well, again, bad experiences. Yeah, just in, like, like you say, I was just a bit too trusting, really, and, uh, and just really wanted to do well. So then when people that... Oh, because I'm terrible for... If people tell me that they're great, I never think, but are oh, you really great? I always think, <laughs> well, they must be great, because they've told me they're great. And yeah. that's a flaw. Um, and then, um, uh, so, so when, they, when comedians will come up to me and go, right, well, that, that's, what you need to do is be more Cornish, wear this, wear a dress. Well, and I was like, okay, no, definitely no. not. Well, it, you know, it, 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 it's, it's paid off and you, you, you are very much, uh, you know, this, that's, where, that's where you're going to become a, a great act 
is by embracing everything about you that makes you who you are. And, uh, and, and I think, you know, it is that, it's, it's self-therapy as well as therapy for the audience. And this, this you know, your barking times... Uh, tales. Tales, sorry, is, um, you know, it, it, it's great for everyone, right? So it, it works for everyone by talking about stuff that people don't usually talk about. Uh, are you ever confused with the actress Harriet Dyer? Are you aware of an actress Harriet Dyer? Yes! Yeah. Yeah, and she well because she it was actually in Australia well as well because it was well it's because it, we were competing for a while on who was the when you googled it yeah. was me at first right. uh, that was but now she's doing very well she was yeah. in the Invisible Man was she and that was that was good yeah. and she was in oh lots of invisible things actually because she was in the me, the Australian version of the Medium with the true story about Alison Dubois you yeah. know the lady that I, I used to watch Medium the Australian the American Medium. Yeah, one. that was great. That was good. And then, but the Australian one was not as great. Okay. But, she, yeah, but yeah, I often. Oh my God! I've just remembered there was one guy that uh, that said he wanted to kiss me sixty times, and I was like, I think you're. I think you mean because he was going on about <laughs> my acting. Yeah. And I, I was like, you want to kiss Harriet Dyer, the actress, sixty times. Oh. So it's an oddly specific <laughs> number of times. To, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to get in there and get to sixty, I think you know, press on. <laughs> Yeah. That's what I said. Don't stop at sixty. I should have taken that for the team and said yeah. that it was me because now he's going to go to hell and it might have escalated. He might have <laughs> offered her one hundred and twenty kisses. It's annoying if someone else because Harriet Dyer is not that co- common a name. You say that. Yeah, I do. I used to work with <laughs> Harriet Dyer in a theatre in Cornwall, and then get this: I once got pickpocketed in Ed, at the Edinburgh Fringe, and I knew I had, and my bag went missing, and people were going, "Oh, are you sure you haven't put it somewhere? Why would I walk into a uh, to watch a show and then just shop put my bag into a different <laughs> like part of the room?" So, so then my bag got stolen. It was a precision operation because I got the CCTV, and it, someone like got it, and then there was another person, and they dropped it, and and off they went. And then all my stuff was uh, emptied in a bin near Waverley train station. And then a man found all my stuff in the bin and then g- searched Harriet Dyer, found the Harriet Dyer that I used to work with in Cornwall, who knew my dad. So she then <laughs> messaged my dad and said, uh, I think Harriet has had a bag stolen. Yeah. And then my dad, and then I woke up that day to uh, a message from my dad going, Oh, someone got their bag stolen last <laughs> night. <laughs> and I was like, Goodness gracious. I wonder if he went to the actress Harriet at first. <laughs> well, because this, this is before that. Because oh, okay. so then, yeah, she would have got a message in Australia. Yeah. I think I've found your, yeah. your credit card's going to kiss you 60 times. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, look, unfortunately, we're coming to the end of our time. It's been so, there's, there literally is so much to talk to you about. Uh, we must have you on an, another time. Uh, you haven't even really talked about your... Li- what's up, what was that, Liam? Oh, wasn't, wasn't it you? Was it my watch that just said something? It sounded like someone... Oh, it's my watch. It's my, I thought it's, thought it's, Does it speak? It's my, yeah, my watch is having a fucking heckling me. Or, or, or I've, you know, just in your company for an hour and now I'm hearing voices. <laughs> it could be your mum is living in my watch. Leave and my I'm daughter now, alone. I'm now you yeah. because of the <laughs> chrysalis. <laughs> I've got to live the rest of my life. Thank God, well, I'd, you know, I'm happy to live your life now because you know, life, your life's good now. So, uh, I'll, I'll go, I'll go and take one for the team. I'll go and kiss your, your lovely partner. Um, look, it's been fantastic to have you. Go and see Harry at the Gilded Balloon at 3, 3, 4, 3, 4.20. 4.20, let's get the time right. 
Trigger warning, I promised you, you will not regret it. Absolutely fantastic comedian. Uh, we are back here tomorrow, uh, if you are here live, uh, with uh, the girls from All Killer No Filler, uh, Rachel and Kiri, which will be fabulous as well. And uh, there are dates going on to the 14th, tickets available for all shows at the moment. Will you please give it up for my fantastic first guest of this Edinburgh run, Harriet Dyer, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> See you again. Come again. See you tomorrow. Different show tomorrow. Thank you very much. Goodbye. You have been listening to Rahulastapur from the Edinburgh Fringe with me, Richard Herring, and my fantastic guest, who I know you know who it was. I'm not going to tell you again. You're not stupid. Thank you to Scamp Regard for playing this music. I'm indebted to my technician and friend, Reese Thomas. I'm also indebted to Chris Evans, not that one, and to all fantastic crew at the ballroom, at the assembly rooms, and everyone at the assembly rooms in Edinburgh. What a fantastic lot of people you are. Thanks for all your help. This is a Sky Potato Fuzz and GoFastTheStripe.com production. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Thanks for listening. RichardHerring.com slash gigs. GoFastTheStripe.com for all my books, downloads, all that sort of shizzle. Oh, yeah, I know all the cool words. And um, would love to see you on the, on the Can I Have My Ball Back tour if you can make it. Bye.